Okay. Okay, we did it. Wow, what a disaster that was. We're late. But we made it. BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode Number 19. Yes, I know I'm late. Just chill out, okay? Took the boy out for his birthday tonight. Big night. Took a little bit longer than originally intended. So that was going to put me like eight-ish minutes behind. I had my GPS out of my <clears throat> phone. When I was going to be home, I was like, man, by the time I get something out, then I'm going to be late. I'm already going to be here. So I was even going to have him come on the podcast with me tonight. I thought that'd be kind of cool. But he fell asleep on the way home. <laughs> and like, he is his mother's child. He talks in his sleep. I woke him up when we got home. Again, microphone on the wall if you're going to walk by and talk. Microphone on the wall if you're going to walk by and talk. So I woke him up and he started talking some wild stuff. I was like, what? I said, dude, how about you just go to bed? <laughs> so I sent him to bed and then I had to reboot my computer twice and damn near had to just about rebooted my router too just to get this thing going. I don't know what the problem was. I couldn't get my computer to connect to YouTube. But we made it. We did make it. That's all that matters, right? Adam says, happy birthday. I'll tell Big Dog that. 13-year-old, yeah, Tony, I am old. Feeling it too. Boy, let me tell you. Like, in two years, he's going to be driving. Everybody's like, oh, two years, he's going to be driving. How do you feel about that? You know, he gets his learner's permit. Like, I feel great about it. Because that, that little... He's going to drive me everywhere. <laughs> he is going to drive me everywhere, including crazy. But real quick before we get too far into the podcast, you know the deal if you've been here once or twice or ten times. We're going to share this on Facebook. Or anywhere you feel acceptable to share such information. Okay, boom, there it is. Everybody go do the same thing. Well, if you're catching up later, well, I don't know what else to tell you besides thanks for catching up later. Eric Sun says, happy birthday. I'll be sure and pass the word along. I, I really wish I could have had him on the podcast tonight. It was going to be fun. So we got him uh, some money for his birthday, and my mom did as well. Parents, not like my mom, just my, my parents got him money as well. And took him to the mall, and... Foof. Money was gone in a matter of no time, which is fine. I told them when I gave them the money, I said, look, I said, this is your money to spend how you want or whatever you want. You could spend all of it. You could spend none of it and hang on to it. I said, the choice is literally yours to do whatever you want with. So he went out, got him some stuff that he wanted, went to a, a small, if you're, if you're local, maybe, you know, a small place called Papo's Pizza. I think there's a handful of them around here. Maybe like three or four. And got some pizza. He got some wings. I got a breakfast pizza. You know, for any any asshole that decides to say something in the comment section, I did not get a cheese pizza. I got a breakfast pizza. And it was splendid. 
wasn't quite what I expected, but we made do. It had like breakfast sausage and Canadian bacon, aka ham, and regular bacon on it. But no sign of like eggs or anything like that. And listen, if you're a Midwest guy, yeah, yeah, Mike, it had cheese. It's a pizza. It's supposed to have cheese, but it had other toppings on it. I'm not going to do this tonight. <laughs> this podcast is already in shambles. So I'll just shut it down right now. This is what you guys are going to do. And yes, he got bone in wings. Before anybody else says word. So if you're if you're a Midwestern at all, then you know uh, what's up with Casey's Pizza, right? Casey's breakfast pizza is a godsend. Just just picture this. Think this out in your head. Cheese sauce, sausage, eggs, bacon, and then like. Mozzarella, or not mozzarella cheese, whatever kind of cheese on top. That's a pizza. That's a Casey's pizza. Casey's is a, it's a chain of gas stations in the Midwest. Yeah, well, I was just getting ready to say, yeah, you can you can get gravy as a sauce as well. That's a game changer too. Absolute game changer, and that's probably the only way you should get it if you order it is with the gravy sauce. But otherwise, they just usually have have it with cheese sauce, which is still phenomenal, by the way. And you can even get Western style. Western style is a game changer. It's got uh, green peppers, onions, all kinds of good stuff chopped up on it, kind of like a Western omelet, but it's a pizza. I'm telling you. Yeah, see, Mike, you know. Yeah, Mike, you live in Texas. Listen, this man, he'd be living anywhere but here. It still is about the Casey's pizza. Tony, Tony Benskin, you didn't know about gravy? Man, my man was too busy cutting sleeves off his shirt to be worrying about what kind of kind of stuff came on a Casey's pizza. He just knew it was good. <laughs> it is good though; it's amazing. That's gonna be, uh, you know what? Maybe we'll do that tonight. This is gonna be kind of a shambles podcast. I do have a couple of topics to talk about as usual, but depending on how things go and, and uh, how things unfold here, maybe we'll start pricing out like some some box seats because I'm really digging this idea of. Get everybody together and go into a Cardinals game. Maybe that should be like one of our stops for the trip is a stop to get Casey's breakfast pizza. They're, all their pizza is good, but the breakfast pizza is like the go-to for me. I really don't think you'll use getting any kind of pizza besides taco pizza, and it's growing on me. There's a lot wrong with taco pizza. Dipping the crust in ranch. Yeah, you can dip the rust, crust in ranch. I'm going to try that again. Hang on. I just had a stroke. <laughs> you can dip the... No, you, you did it again. All right. I'm going to give her a headset. And she's going to start walking around and talking in this podcast. That's what I was thinking. I don't want to walk around. So, I got to like sit. I got to... I could dip the crust in ranch. Okay. I want to make sure I got that right. Yeah, you could totally do that. But, again, with my poor food choices, I'm going to blow your mind here. Big blue cheese guy. Big blue cheese guy. I like I like my blue cheese dressing. I just do. We went to CC's Pizza the other night. I had two bowls of salad before I even touched a, a piece of pizza. It was just hitting right. You know what I got? I got blue cheese dressing both times. 
I like blue cheese dressing. I like cottage cheese. I like it all. Yeah, and, and Sassafras over here says I don't like guacamole because I'm effing weird. Yeah, I don't like guacamole. That's correct. Not even going to think about it. Salad bars just hit different. Yeah. Yeah. Hy-Vee pizza slices is a player at, and they're cheap. Like, Hy-Vee sells fresh pizza slices? I didn't know that. I'm going to have to hit that up. Everything from Hy-Vee is better. We drive from Moberly to Columbia just to grocery shop at Hy-Vee. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit more pricey, but I just feel like the selection is better and overall, especially if we're buying, like, fresh stuff. And just overall, in general, it's just a better experience than going to Walmart. I heard the Hy-Vee Chinese is really good. Mike talked about hitting that up. And, Mike, I'm telling you what you need to do if you're your salad bar guy is... Go to G&D Pizzeria and hit up the salad bar there. Oh, I don't know if they ever put it back. I haven't been in there since COVID started. I don't know if they put put it back out yet or not, but their, their salad bar, man, it would just just blow your mind. So good. Jason Hearn says Casey's Breakfast Pizza is so good. Yeah, it is. I'm telling you. Yeah, Mike, you got to hit that up. We got to get together sometime, too. We got to get that going. I mean, you're like literally miles down the road. When I say miles, I mean like under 10. <laughs> we we, we got to get that going. I just need like a lot less things to go on in my life all at once. That'd be kind of dope. Summer's here, so we got baseball games. Riley just got signed up for gymnastics. Hayden's got baseball. Then we're playing slow pitch uh, league on Fridays. Trying to smash in 19,000 bat reviews. What's the matter with you? Nice. So we have the six o'clock game on Friday. Okay. <laughs> it only got picked up to play softball, and I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, um, we we just got a lot of crap going on. Bought a car last week. No, it wasn't a Jeep. We ain't getting no damn dog. But. It's just been it's been a busy, 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 busy time. I almost like having these technical frustrations here. Like, man, I, I'm just about to say screw this. What's up, snacks? How you doing, buddy? Hey, feel like calling in if you want, you know, to get weird. But I, I just about said wash the whole thing all together and just went live on the couch and sat there and hung out for a minute just to at least get something. And I know I said I was gonna podcast and make up for not making Wednesday's podcast, but I just didn't have time. What's up, Q? How you doing, buddy? I just did not have time. I hear grinding, getting back reviews in. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I don't like to like spill the beans too often or like make people start hype, buy things, get weird like that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and it kind of gives spoilers for the content, but you guys are good about watching the content anyway. And that is appreciated. Even, even I, I know some guys that will watch the sneak peeks here in the podcast and then go back and watch the video when it's posted on the actual channel. So that's dope. We do appreciate that. But I'm here to tell you the Suncoast Ruckus One Piece. Look out Louisville. Look out. I I couldn't believe it, especially given how the uh, Suncoast competitive edge, which is the other Suncoast that we swung this year. It was a two piece given how it started. Like when it first broke in, I was kind of like, oh man, this thing's going to be kind of lame, right? 
for at least a handful of swings because the, the Suncoast Ruckus uh, competitive edge, it got good. It, it definitely got good. It's something that, you know, you could you could throw in the bag and feel good about swinging. So I kind of expected the same thing out of this one piece. Boy, was I wrong. It was, it was, it was an odd, like, unique experience as well. Just from the standpoint of it's a one piece, so yes, it's going to be stiff, right? And it's going to have a stiff handle. But what got me was the handle was stiff, but the barrel was so soft. Like I, there was the, like literally the first hard ball I hit with that bat in our first rounds with it. I seriously thought that the two walls of the barrel were going to touch. That's that's just like how much I feel. I felt like the barrel compressed. It, it's a very unique feeling. Like you, it's it's not very often you 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 do you literally feel. I say literally like I know, but like in, in the best way to explain it is you can literally feel the ball come off of the bat. You know, you like you, you get like a, a feel of a ball hitting a bat usually, right? You get a little, you know, feedback through your hands and that kind of thing. You know, like, cause you felt, you felt yourself hit the ball, but like you literally feel the ball, like soak the ball in and just throw it the bat, just like soak the ball in and just throw it off. And uh, we had a special guest who I'm not going to spoil just yet. He'll be in the next, I say next, he's going to be in three of the reviews coming up and hopefully a lot more in the summer. He added seriously an easy 20 feet to his swings. And we swung a couple pretty good bats yesterday. We swung the headbanger Easton, which is another one that's going to be BP hero approved by the way. The uh, Headbanger Easton Powell. A lot of people don't know, one, that Easton is now available at Headbanger Sports. And number two, that Headbanger Sports does have their own exclusive Easton. It is the Powell 1275 barrel. Difference with this being it is a full ounce of inload. And I am going to be honest and say, I would wonder what that bat would be like without the full ounce of inload. Uh, I'm I'm a big on... Bats needing more inload to perform well, especially with the 240s. It seems like the full ounce bats do hit better. But this bat was great. The the headbanger Easton Pal is is a really good bat. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So we swung that one. And then the KP, and believe it or not, the KP year in, year out has been great, right? And it was still good, but I it actually got out hit by the Easton and the Suncoast. Caught up with the chat here for just a second. Y'all popping off in here now. Q says, yeah, it's gas. Shout out to Hayden, 13 years old. Time flies. Yeah, it does fly. He's in bed. He was actually going to podcast with me. I know I said that earlier. We're just kind of getting in, getting that in for the people who are just catching up here. But he fell asleep on the way home, was doing some sleep talking when he woke up. So I was like, bro, you better just go to bed. He's like, thanks. <laughs> Mike says the doll short barrel balance is really good. Man, I just don't know about short barrel balance bats. I was talking with uh, a friend of mine about that yesterday. I just don't know how I feel about that. We were talking about the old yellow baker. I say old. It was like a, what, 17? What year is that, Easton, guys? I don't think it was an 18. I think it was an 18. It was short barrel balanced uh, Bryson Baker Easton. It's just, I've never, really, probably really the only short barrel balanced bat that I was like, dang, I could swing this on the regular was the uh, Mikan Freak HB. 
it had nothing to do with like the grippy uh, what is it what they call it STIC the stick finish on it but it had the same uh, sticky finish that the uh, Dudleys do that some of the Suncoast stuff does but I like that bat I like the uh, Freak what is it the Freak Platinum the Freak PT 20th anniversary edition it was good as well and then uh, outside of that just like short rail balance stuff just is weird to me there's no mass anywhere towards the end of the bat like usually if it's balanced big barrel you still got the mass of the bigger barrel out there right but with it being short barrel, you don't have much mass out mass out there. And then on top of that, it's balanced. It's just I don't know. It's it's a unique thing, and it's it's just because it doesn't work for me doesn't mean it can't for somebody. But it's not for me. Austin Dawes is obviously a good hitter, so it's working for somebody, right? Snack says, speaking of Easton's, thought they got the wobble figured out. Notice Fab Four has the wobble. Not liking that. I've never, again, I've said this a, a bunch of times. I play ball with a lot of Easton junkies, and I've never seen the cracks or the wobbles or anything give like true performance issues. But that's just me. Yes, visibly you can look and see, oh, there's a crack there, but is the crack really anything to get excited about or not? It's kind of my thing, but everybody's got their own thing. But, excuse me, I don't buy into that whole thing at all. Q says swing Riley. Yeah, no lie. Uh, so Mike talking about the balance. Short Barrel says uh, he enjoyed being able to hide a swing a little bit, but still being able to snap on a ball. Yeah, uh, that, that is true. I mean, you can get it around really fast. And that's something that I'm not really good at is letting the ball get to me and then getting around on it. I want to go out and get the ball. It's just what I've I trained myself to do from the day I started swinging a uh, slow pitch bat. So that, that's just what I want to do. And I can't stay back. I, I can't stay back and then turn and, and, and snap on a ball like that. I want to go out and get it and get a little in front of me. Uh, the, the metaphor I like to use is driving an axe into a tree. You don't like, I see some people that I feel like could really benefit from getting the ball, even just, even when I say out in front of me, I'm not talking like two feet out in front of me. There are times I swing at stupid crap like that because I'm an idiot. But even just like your point of contact out, out over your front foot a little bit can make a difference to me. Because it's all about getting extended. If you're not getting extended and getting any leverage on a ball, you're not really doing much of anything. And there are guys that get away with baseball swings it, but most of the time, those guys either had really good baseball swings or they're just just insanely athletic to the point that it really doesn't matter. But me personally, I, I feel like being able to go out and get the ball is the way to go when it comes to the slow pitch stuff. Yeah, the Austin Doll. Yeah, Adam says uh, the Austin Doll is for a guy that has a lot of whip in their swing. Yeah, you're right. You're you're right. So one thing I do want to discuss, and I, I've been back and forth with this, not as far as like to discuss it or not, but like, um, what do we do with this information? 
It's just food for thought. I'm, I'm just going to read this post verbatim for those that don't have Facebook or just to kind of preface if you don't follow on Facebook and you want to know what I'm talking about. Uh, I made this post on Facebook just to start conversation. And it says food for thought. It says the compression testing that we're doing on the 240 bats that we as in on the channel. Uh, it catches our attention when a bat's when a bat gets close to 240 compression after sometimes not very many swings, but why does it matter? I haven't heard of a single place that's held any tournament to the 240 compression standard outside of Conference 2 SA play. So is it more relevant that these new bats pass the 240 standard? Or is the 220 standard still what we, meaning the non-conference players, should care about most? But there's a decent number of 240 bats out there that will get well below the standard that was put in place for them. And I did say disclaimer, I don't care either way. I just got to pondering that and I uh, thought I'd see what everyone else thinks. And we had a couple of pretty good points brought up. Uh, one point was people saying that if, for whatever reason, sometimes people send me messages too. Instead of replying on the post, they send me a message with their thoughts. I don't know if it's, I don't understand that, but you know, thanks for, for engaging anyway. I appreciate any kind of engagement, right? But basically, any, if there's places that do test, the 220 bats test to 220, and the 240 bats test to 240. Which is interesting, but if you stop and think about it, a 240 bat isn't tested below 240. So, in theory, we don't know what the, the 240 bat is capable of at 220. So it must be held to the 240 standard. But it got me thinking, why should we care? We mean meaning you and I and, and whoever else that doesn't isn't held to the 240 compression standard and doesn't doesn't have bats tested in general. The the whole idea behind the compression tester to a certain extent when it comes to the content on the channel is breaking time, right? Because the, here's the other thing that's interesting. If you saw the uh, war stick review that bat was testing 270, and dude, it was one of the worst bats I've swung in quite a few years. Just to be 100% blunt. And, and Pat knows that. Pat understands it. It was laughable to him as well how bad it was. But how does that bat test 270 and probably couldn't hit a ball over 85 miles an hour? When we're seeing 95 plus out of 240s. When I say we, I mean like my group of people, me and, and, and that kind of thing. We're seeing 95 plus out of a U-trip bat. But I'm, I'm serious when I say I'm not sure that bat could have hit a ball over 85. It was that bad. And that's interesting to me that it could test at 270 and be that bad of a performer. And where I'm kind of going with that is compression matters to an extent in regards to, yeah, you know, it's a standard and you're still wanting to check it against the standard, right? Because at some point that, that is going to be the standard. I know they're talking, they've grandfathered bats and they've done this and they've done that, but eventually it's going to happen. The entire country will be held to the 240 standard. Just to be to be blunt, that's, that's my opinion and I think it's coming sooner than people think. So if you don't mess with 240s, if you avoid 240s like the plague, you better find one and learn to like it. That's the best thing I can tell you. 
because eventually it's going to happen that you're going to have to swing him. But circling back, why is it so relevant that the 240s pass or fail when none of us have to, are held to the 240 standard? But then it got me thinking, should we just go with the 220 standard? Go back to, because I, I made a new chart. For those that do pay attention, I made a new chart for the 240 bats this year. Conversion chart. And I got to thinking, should I just use the 220? But then I also got to thinking, well, no, because we're holding this new bat to the new standard. We need to stick with that. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's... It just, it just leaves the mind to wander a little bit. But end of the day, like I said, the... You want to see what it's what it, what kind of standard it's held to, but I like to use the compression tester as a, as a point of break in, like when the Demarinis are testing in like the the three twenty five range, and then fifty swings later they're testing two seventy. That's just crazy. How it can go from fifty pounds of compression and fifty swings is is probably a, a high number. We've had a handful like, and of course they're not this bad now. But we had a handful like the the what's it the Nautilus, the Twisted Mistress, and that kind of thing. Those were testing three twenty and over, and we're down into the the two hundreds, low two hundreds, within twenty thirty swings. Absolutely insane. But speaking of Nautilus and things like that, got a red bat on the channel. Gonna be excited for that one to be coming up soon. Got some ASA stuff coming too. Next review out will be the DeMarini Foo Dog. And I'm just going to kind of lump that in with kind of my next topic here. And it is, if you want to swing a 240 or if you don't get too excited about 240 versus 220 or that kind of thing, whatever else, what are your, like, your go-to options? Now, obviously, if you follow the channel at all, then you know that we are really, really, really big on the Louisvilles around here. Yes, they've got their pain issues. I, I genuinely feel like a lot of umpires would let that stuff go. I mean, if, if they're getting, if they're being allowed at the conference level, that's, that's the tippy top of the game with the best umpires in the country. If they're letting it go, there's a decent chance that most umpires should let it go as well. Now, I'm not talking like the... The one like the, the Lady Jenny that I had last year that had, you know, stuff just absolutely peeling off of it. There was bare composite in, in multiple spots. Stuff like that should not be allowed. No, absolutely not. But stuff where it's just got like a long paint seam or maybe a paint chip or, or, or things like that, that's fine. Send it. Let it go. But if you don't want to mess with that stuff, then honestly, just based on what I've seen this year, my, my second choice is going to have to be, again, swing. this is from the stuff that I swung this year because I'm very curious to swing some of the pure stuff. I believe I've got some stuff lined up to get some of that stuff coming. And I haven't been through all the brands yet, but some stuff that, especially if you like to take BP and you are maybe the guy that plays the occasional conference tournament or, again, just wanting a bat that you feel like is going to last you a while, DeMarini's your route. DeMarini's going to be your way to go. The DeMarini Stadium, really good bat. Performance-wise, like, not quite going toe-to-toe with the Louisville like the Suncoast is. But, man, it's 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 wearing the same style shoe. 
it, it, it was good. And the, the other thing that's kind of a drawback to that is some people want instant gratification, right? Some people want to hit 350 scuds out of the wrapper. Some people don't want to break a bat in. So if you don't want to break a bat in, maybe the Demarinis won't be for you. But good grief, what's a couple hundred swings going to hurt you? Go out, grab some Pro-Ms or some Classic games, put a couple hundred swings on it, get it loosened up, and it's going to be a great bat. The Demarini Stadium and the Demarini Food Dog. The Demarini Food Dog is going to be another one that's going to be a great option. And it's going to be durable. The Food Dog opened up way faster than the stadium did. And I believe that, to me personally, that has a lot to do with the barrel size. It seems like Demarini's short barrels take longer to break in, but they get good once they do break in as to where their bigger barrel stuff breaks in way faster, way more forgiving, and still performs great. Those those will be two of my suggestions. Obviously, uh, after last night's BP, we definitely know that the uh, Suncoast Ruckus one piece has got to be in there. I don't know what the difference is between the one and two pieces, but I'm telling you right now, if somebody was like, hey, you got to swing a Suncoast, like, give me that one piece, bro. Give me that one piece. I know I'm a one piece fan anyway, but even outside of that, even even the, the other people we were hitting with that aren't one piece fans were like, hey, this thing is like noticeably better. And it's like one of the better 240s I've hit. So you got the Suncoast one piece ruckus. It's going to be another great option. And the uh, Eastern Pow, again, the headbanger model. I, I think the envelope makes all the difference there. And I've got a regular pow to put them up side by side. I think the, the bigger antelope makes a difference there. I truly do. Let's see, catching up with comments here for just a second. So yeah, Jason Hernan says they don't even test the 220 bats, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, 90% of the places you go and play, they don't test 220 bats either, so it really shouldn't matter. And Grumpy Snacks agrees, exactly, there's no consistency with testing as it is, so why bother? Snacks doesn't care about 240s until he can't find a 220 where he's forced to use the 240s. Yes and no. I I could definitely grab a handful of 240s out there on the market and step into a, a tournament where I could swing a 220 and, and not think, like, man, I'm in a disadvantage here. I really got to nut up on this ball in order to get it by somebody because I'm swinging a 240. Now, obviously, it's going to be some of the stuff that I mentioned, right? It's going to be the Louisvilles. It's going to be that stadium, the Food Dog, that Headbanger Easton, um, the the Suncoast. And I really want to see what Piers got to offer this year. I really, really, really liked the Indium 1 and the Indium 2. I liked those bats a lot. A lot. Feel, feedback, everything. And being a one-piece guy, obviously, I like the Indium 1 a lot more. But again, just just to be blunt, it was just a little bit behind the curve when it came to performance. Everybody was trying to catch up to Louisville, and it's kind of looking like people are starting to catch up. So I'm interested to see what Pierre's going to roll out this year that's going to be kind of their answer to the Louisvilles. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, Fat Guy BP has another good point here. Uh, The conference guys, now, now. A lot of conference guys don't buy their bats. There are teams that do. I mean, I've got a couple of local conference teams that that they are paying for their own bats, and that does that stuff does happen. These guys are having to pay for their own bats. But when you're getting up into like the A and, and AA and major level, yeah, those guys aren't paying for their bats nine times out of ten. But the conference guys don't buy bats. We do. 
So the 240 bats are going to fail quickly. So we keep buying them. But failing what though? It's kind of my thing. Failing what? Because there's no testing anywhere. And I will say that I've seen a handful of 240s well below 200 as well. So, and that kind of chaps me a little bit from the standpoint of the new pitch was, you know, once it gets below 240, it's going to break. Just like everybody was saying about the last new stamp we had that was the 220 standard, the USSA thumbprint stamp, the, 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 the old new stamp, you know, whatever you want to call it, was they were supposed to get below 220 and break. And I had a combat avarice literally took the wrapper off of it and it was hitting balls further than a 5,000 swing uh, JH120 Mayhem. That ain't right. And I didn't have a tester back in the day. That was, that was years ago. But I didn't have a tester back in the day. But I guarantee you, that, that bat might have failed in the wrapper. <laughs> Seriously. And you know a guy saying, oh, what's going to break when it gets below 220? I had a few of those averages that were like in the 160s and hung out there for a little while because we hit 52s a lot. Adam says, try the red bat. It's different. And the watermelon is fantastic. Yeah, I, Jason, I think you might have been talking about that in one of the other podcasts too. Talking about how you like the watermelon. There's so many bats out there. Man, I wish I could go like full time doing something like this. Maybe if I could like do enough sales, like I could go full time at this and review bats too. That'd be dope, right? If only. Bat Bros has got it made. No lie. No lie. Lean back. Hit it as far as you can. Get excited. Sell some bats. Record a few videos. And let's go, right? <laughs> now granted, a majority of his success is on the baseball side of things, but... Uh, you'd be dumb to say he doesn't have a successful slow pitch softball channel as well. Um, His subscriber count alone combined more than anybody's in the slow pitch scene besides uh, DW. And I don't even know what his is up to now. SW48 doing all the conference coverage. His condensed games are just absolute killers. They're absolute killers when it comes to it's good content. And just from like a, a YouTuber standpoint, Kind of understanding the algorithm and things like that. Those videos, to be blunt, unless I'm missing something or making him some jack. And maybe that's not his channel. Maybe it's it's Utrip's channel and whatever else. It doesn't matter. And YouTubing's not about money. YouTube, you have to enjoy YouTubing. If you were going to start a YouTube channel and treat it as your job, just think how easy it is to just walk away from it. I could get it from this computer right now and not touch it for two months. You can't do that. You can't do that if this is your job. You have to enjoy it. You absolutely 100% have to. If you don't, you're screwing yourself, right? Tony says, give me an old Mike and Psycho. Yeah, like a D2E Psycho. That'd be lit, right? Loving that. All right, so give me a couple topics here just real quick. Uh, Some stuff to cover in the comment section here. Then we're going to wrap it up. I am hoping to. I know I've I've, I've stink peeked the swing hard in case swing hard in case you can hit at cotton tees uh, a few podcasts ago, and you probably seen in the videos a little bit here and there. Um, 
those are going to be coming very soon. I think I'm going to do something kind of fun with those when it comes to the purchase of those. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Patrick McGowan wants to know, I've ever had a teammate steal equipment from me. Yankees released a minor leaguer for stealing. Yeah, I saw that. Um, let's see. Pull that up. John Boy Media. Best media outlet out there, in my opinion. These guys just absolutely kill me. They're so funny. They're goddamn nuts, man. So let's go screen cap here. Okay. Uh, sources say uh, the Yankees cut third round pick Jake Sanford after he allegedly stole bats and gloves from his teammates and tried to sell them online. Also allegedly scammed fans selling autographed equipment and never delivering. Dude, you suck as a human. You know, this guy here says that's what happens when you give ridiculously low salary to the minor leaguer. You guys are just tempted to cheat to make a decent living. No, dude, <clears throat> listen. That's just how some people decide to roll. Oh, Lord, we're th looking at the wrong window, aren't we? God. Let me... Oh, gosh. There we go. Now you can see it. First timer here. Yeah, so who's going to post the NGTG in the uh, <laughs> in the MLB group chat? <laughs> but, like, this guy didn't wake up and decided to start stealing stuff. I'm telling you. This guy's probably done this for a long time. I've never been in these shoes... Never felt like stealing is the only way out of a bad situation for me. Um, and, and not to like weird flex, but I just, I, I, I've grown up a very fortunate person my entire life. I really have. But, man, that's just wild. It's one thing to steal, it's another thing to steal and sell the stuff online, and then it's another thing. To not come through with stuff. Selling autograph stuff and never delivering it. Dude, come on. Did you think that wasn't going to catch up to you? It always does. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, you, you've got the, the perfect perspective here. Uh, working, in a where, or working in a clubhouse uh, and knowing that aspect, he did it easily. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, he, he could easily just walk off with some stuff. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that he very easily wandered off with stuff that that's not it's not how did he steal it how did he get away with it how long has he been doing this how much stuff did he and here's my question when it comes to people doing things like this obviously he's been caught but how long did he do it before he got caught guarantee you he's been doing stuff like this for a long time and it wasn't just baseball stuff either 
course, this is also me having trust issues <laughs> with a lot of people. But yeah, I guarantee this guy's been doing this stuff since he was a kid. 100%. And, you know, Tony asked the question here, uh, how much money do you need? Really? Is it even about the money? I mean, obviously to a certain extent, right? But is it just like that's just the way of life you know, so that's what you're going to do? People are wild, bro. Absolutely wild. Probably doing this stuff since he was a kid. Probably stealing stuff from his friends, his family, people he didn't know. And, and guys like this... I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Because it was really funny. Don Cooper put uh, a post on Facebook uh, that, that essentially said, let me, let me, so I can verbatim this, let me see what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don Cooper said, <laughs> this dude's heading straight to slow pitch softball. Yeah. Because there's somebody always willing to look the other way. Always willing to look the other way. That That's what gets me is, it, it, like, why punish this guy? Say this guy's like the phenom baseball player, right? And here's the other thing to think about, too. How much of this gets brushed under the rug that you don't know about? Because it's some really good player and they don't want to get him in trouble, so he leaves the franchise. Hey, just quit doing that crap. Or, hey, quit it, cut it out, give it back to him. Or, you know, they go out and buy the the person, the victim some more stuff since dude stole it. That stuff happens all the time. And the other thing that happens all the time in professional sports, in league play, is people willing to look the other way because... They need a body. The guy's a good softball player. Dude, it just lame. Lame, bro. Um, not not to, to dive down the road of, of the Chargers or anything else, or the player, or the league, or anything, but Cream Hunt, prime example. He was on camera doing what he did. And the Browns were like, yeah. That's fine. Come on. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll take you. And maybe if I was in those shoes, I would think, I would maybe think or look at that a little bit differently. And yes, again, I said I wasn't going to get into it, but he was provoked. Yeah. But still, have the wherewithal to know who you are. Know what's on the line for you when you do things like that. And I'm sure that that goes into the decision when some of the people that make those decisions decide to sign people like that is, you know, he was provoked or or this or that or whatever else, but what keeps him from doing that again? And not to mention, it's just like, it's a morals thing, right? It it just burns me up. People that want to lie, they lie to get to where they are. Uh, I played baseball here. I did that there. I played slow pitch with these guys. I'm on an A roster. Like I, I met a guy years ago. 
that a lot of people know. That was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm on Resmondo's A roster. They got an A team. I'm on their A roster. Look this guy up. His only roster history was with a D team. But the crazy thing was, he was seriously good enough to be playing at the level that he claimed to be playing at. But why lie about it? You know, I, I, I know this person, I know that person. You know, do you know who I am? But some people get off on that stuff. You know? I don't know. I'm ranting, and I'm going to do nothing about right now. I get in that mode. Q says, go Blues. Go Blues, go. Played like crap last night and was still in it. Don't follow a ton of hockey. I've tried. And it just doesn't keep my interest. It just does not. Mike Ray has got some Jordan batting gloves. What? That'd be dope. Get the Yadier Molina stuff, right? There was a major league player. Yeah, Juan Rivera. Yeah, this stole Yankee stuff. Stole Jeter's glove. Again, scumbag. Judge having a great year on his walk year. Yeah. And hot take. Being a Cardinals homer, right? Is Nolan Arenado not one of the best players in baseball? Biased, maybe, yeah. And not that we didn't know that he wasn't one of the best in baseball anyway. I, I think you could make the argument for, just based on his play this year, he is the best player in baseball. God, he's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that you've got him and Goldschmidt to deal with, Tyler O'Neill, anything he does is a bonus. I'm not a Tyler O'Neill fan. But it's just because, like, when him and Bader first hit the scene, they hit the scene together. And there's tension there, yeah. You'd be silly to say there wasn't. Because they're both fighting for a job, right? But the looks that O'Neill used to shoot Bader, you know, when they would have controversy in the outfield. Listen, the center field is out there. Everything is a center fielder's ball. If the center fielder calls for it, get out of the way. Get out of the way. But O'Neill wanting to cast dirty looks and give dirty looks and you know, say shit under his breath and and that kind of thing and just I don't know. Again, he's good. He's obviously he's hitting three hole, whatever. But he's just I don't know. The guy just kind of gets me a little bit. They've got a lot of good players though. A lot of good players. Really excited to uh, see what Kisner's going to do with a full year of play. Obviously, he's not going to get that full year of play this year, but um, I hope Kisner stays around uh, after Yachty leaves and takes his spot. Still need a shortstop. And I did see, uh, Q says bye to Young, yeah. And I did see where um, we could potentially get uh, Xavier Bogarts from the Red Sox, if the Red Sox trying to get their shit together, they're going to try and get something out of him. But what worries me is what the Cardinals would have to give up to get somebody like that. But man, what it would be like to have a shortstop like that. What it would be like. Uh, Carpenter's playing AAA somewhere, from what I understand, doing halfway decent. And uh, Carlos Martinez is another one that just came to my head because they were talking about him the other night. He's with the Giants organization, and I do believe that he did make it out of their spring training stuff. 
What a shame because that guy was good and just did not take care of himself and did not care enough. Life given to you on a golden platter and you throw it away, right? Okay, yeah, okay, Mike. So maybe, yeah, you say AAA Rangers. Yeah, okay. I knew that he was still, I knew Carpenter was still in AAA somewhere. I do believe, like I said, I could be wrong. I do believe he's he's kind of getting it together, but he, he's starting to get up there in age too. And yeah, and that's the other thing, Q, uh, talking about Bogarts is um, he's got a contract here. I think he's got a player option then in his contract years next year. So what are you willing to give up to have him for two years? Because what if he goes back to Boston? What if he goes wherever else? What we gave up for him? You know, do we need him that bad? Really, we just need a guy that's serviceable and can hit a little bit. And it's kind of crazy how the game has evolved. Because years ago, dude, you, people didn't care. Your shortstop and your catcher were two players that didn't have to hit. Did not have to. They could they could hit their body weight for an average, which, you know, that's because most guys used to weigh like 180. And it was acceptable if they were good defensively. And then you got guys like David Eckstein who really got it together towards the end of his career, but he was never a really hot hitter. Edgar Inaria had his moments, but he was another one that was just kind of like blah, right? But then the Cardinals kind of jumped in on the hype when it came to Johnny Peralta. We picked up Johnny Peralta, put him at short for, what, a year, maybe two years. And that was really what kind of set the standard for the Cardinals now for having an offensive shortstop. But that's one of those positions like I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of offense. And it's kind of crazy to say that. Granted, the game is so... I wouldn't say offensively powered, but offensively dependent these days. I don't know. I'm just an old schooler, I guess. It's not like an old man sitting here. Listen, guys, that's it for the podcast. Sorry I was late, but I enjoyed it. I always do. And I know uh, I had a couple guys asking, and we talk about it in the comments sometimes. I'm actually recording this podcast, so I'm going to try and do better at getting these directly on the Spotify, like right after I get done here. So we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, thanks for stopping in, guys. Love every single one of you besides Q. (laughs) Sweetheart, in case you hit it, I'll see you guys next time.